Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are a sub-science here to make things make Today, we are talking about takeout food, the state of where we're at in the pandemic with ordering in our meals, and also from an environmental perspective, what's the best way to get takeout? Uh, look at this cute little plant we got beside us today. It's nice. I, For all the audio listeners, you're loving this content. It's a really cool um, plant base as well it's like a paper bag but you line the inside with plastic something we're talking about today yeah, sounds like a takeout container for a plant yeah but it looks really cool <laughs> it is i nice. think it is uh, very aesthetically easy. i mean i did pay 30 dollars for a plastic i mean a paper Car- bag <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> uh i am so full speaking of takeout i ate way too much we did get takeout today because it was it was research for the pod okay (laughs) um but i am very full what was it it was vegetarian dosa it was and dosa is like a a type of indian food so it it's like a lot of potato and it's heavy and i was so hungry that i ate so much so fast and now i'm hopefully gonna have energy because i'm trying to like put it on right because it's actually just it's like carb on carb on carb yeah which is like delicious it's just just a little bit lethargic i probably should go for a nap after this do you remember the dose that we had when we were in india it was so good and i remember it was just one of those things like you know like when you have a when you have a baguette in paris and you're like (laughs) oh j'adore the best baguette i've ever had but then sometimes i'm like is this confirmation by just because like I'm in Paris. Right. Like, it's supposed to be the best. Yeah, like if I went to like a random supermarket in Paris and got a baguette, I'd probably be like, oh, nom, 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 best baguette. But they'd be like, this is a, this is a bad supermarket. This is a very <laughs> normal baguette. The dosa that we had in India, I remember just being like, oh, the best, the oh, best it was dosa. Oh, so good. I had, but I didn't, do you think it was the best dosa? You know what I mean? I don't like, know. I don't think I had really had dosa before going to India. I had tons of curry and tons of Indian food, but I feel like in India... Maybe this is not true, but I feel like it was really when we were there that I kind of fell in love with dosas in general. And they sort of told us that it was kind of like their version of ordering a pizza. Just sort of like a casual street food. Yeah, casual street food. Something you got on a Friday night. And I was like, that's really interesting. Because I remember like it was new to us. And when we ate it, we were like, we would like take a little like crunch of like <laughs> the side of it and, be, and like nibble it and be like, oh, the decadence. And they were like, this <laughs> like, is a pizza. Like, this is like not that, you know what I mean? Amazing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, shall we get into our What'd You Learn This Week? Yeah. Oh, what did we learn this week? So, this week I learned that the world's largest solar farm is being created right now. Oh. And I thought that was pretty cool. Because That's a lot better than you saying, been burnt down. Yeah, or something yeah, like very 2020. <laughs> like, oh, it actually has completely been destroyed. Always finding some way to trigger you. It's like, <laughs> no, this one's positive, exciting. Basically... 
$20 billion is being spent to build a massive solar farm in the Australian outback. I was going to say, where is it? Okay, very, very sense. sunny place uh, where there's not a lot of rain, which is And a there's not a lot of people, things, animals, nothing. Uh, it gets way more interesting, just you wait. Okay. So basically, it's the size of 20,000 football fields. It will be visible from space when it's completed. But the biggest twist of all is that the energy is not to supply Australia at all. None of this energy what? is going to Australia. It's actually going to Singapore, which oh, is wow. 4,500 kilometers away. So not only is it going to be the world record as of now for the largest solar uh, farm being created, it will also be the largest submarine power cable ever created. Wait, the, say that again. The it, largest, the largest submarine, like underwater okay, okay, power right. cable. So they have, they'll have this. Essentially, they're going to have the solar farm in the outback. It's going to run to a place called Darwin, which is at the north of Australia. Oh, did the Galapagos Finch? They or also something? say they're making the world's largest battery because it has to go to Darwin, where some of the power will be distributed to the to Darwin in Australia, but then most of it will be redirected to Singapore where it will power around a million people's homes. So what? that's so interesting. It's like Australia, don't you want a little summer night? Well, I... I saw, Singapore probably coughed up the moolah moolah. Exactly. I think there's just a really large company from Singapore that's done this yeah, initiative. That's they probably worked with the Australian government, given that there's so much space and land in Australia. Yeah, they're probably looking used. at Australia being like, okay, so there's that big <laughs> empty space where you guys are doing nothing <laughs> with it. Do you mind if we come in and just like use the power I, from Australia, the sun? In Australia, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you're not... like, Might as well use the land that's not habited, inhabited by many people. And I'm sure they're paying a... <laughs> pretty penny in tax yeah, if I, I mean, you know what i'm saying 20 billion dollars so that's amazing they are technically still in the all the approval processes the hope is that it will start being created in 2023 and completed in 2026 oh or, I'm at least, so, or at least that's when they'll start generating power i'm so excited for those happy headlines in those years when we're like climate change is really bad <laughs> yeah. but singapore's up to something good and hopefully like in 2024 we're not hearing like and a storm destroyed yeah. the potential future solar farm and hopefully so. in 2024 we've got a vaccine and hopefully in 2024 <laughs> oh, we're <sure>. alive <laughs> yeah so we'll see you when you get there there, but also some, some somewhat positive news I like thought. 200 whatever how many football fields i'm like i'm getting thousand i don't know shite all yeah it's like about a football another field. reference feet yeah can we have reference. beyonce stages <laughs> can we have a sold out shakira show then i got yeah, it oh yeah just switch it to uh the halftime show you know what those are yeah so like how many <laughs> halftime shows oh, picture that that's a football field that's so true. ever heard of it I love mm. when they make you sit down and, and watch football, uh, aka when I'm watching halftime <laughs> show and I see the bit of before and the bit of after, and I'm like, this is truly a snooze. Like, we're all pretending to enjoy this, right? Also, seen from space is another one of those, like, it's like, what, what yeah, really? part of, what stratosphere, my friend? Which yeah. part of space? You know what I mean? <laughs> and Probably. also, like, is that true? Like, what will it look like? Would would anyone really be able to see what yeah, they Yeah, it hasn't been built yet. It's been seen for, it could be seen for, it could be seen from space. <laughs> Science journalism loves that. Okay, so what I learned this week was about the migration of birds and insects and how many of them there are like above us at all times. Oh. So what I thought was fascinating was insects like lacewings and beetles and moths and spiders and aphids, they migrate thousands of like miles, thousands of feet. Like I guess it depends on which species, where you are throughout the year using the wind. And one example that they had about how many of these insects are like around us at all times or above us literally in the sky being moved and migrating from wind is that if you have a condo or an apartment, 
and you put a nice little plant outside, you'll notice that they'll be insects on it soon. And those insects aren't getting there from oh, the ground. They're not like climbing. They're not getting in the elevator. Coming to the no, exactly. Of yeah. And they're also not climbing the walls. It's like there, there's so many insects that we don't realize Are around us, us all the time, which yeah. I just thought was like, yeah, you don't think about it that way. Yeah, exactly. And one study in the UK of British of British farmland of a big of a big old wild space. You know what I mean? Say, in the UK of British and the UK of British, uh, they had so many people are always like Greg's accent. It, it's so bad. I'm sorry. It's a joke. Okay, just as a side note, Greg was truly doing that British accent all day off the rails in public when we were walking. Okay, around. I like to walk around Stop. in public and pretend I'm a tourist because then it's like fun. And I obviously a nice little corner right here. And do you think anyone's convinced with that accent? No, people just look at you like, what is that guy doing? I think they're convinced. I think I make people's day. I think that they're like, oh, this is so interesting. Like someone during a pandemic. First of all, they're probably like, hopefully he quarantined for two weeks. A pandemic has come to Toronto to explore. I was a bit of an industrial area. I don't really see the hyper Canada much. I don't know. If I was there, I'd be like, well, this British person's like, wow. Anyways, I like to do I like to pretend I'm from Britain and a tourist in Toronto, even though I live here. It's got to spice something up. We're bored. Okay. Anyways, in Britain, they studied a mile. Uh, they used radar to actually study a mile um, radius in a farmland and found that there were half a billion insects that would travel in the air across this one mile radius per month. Half a billion what? insects. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then... How, how did they do it? Sorry. How did they... They used radar so that okay. they could actually like... Like scanning Like the it. biomass of things in the sky and based on size and based on the species that they were expecting, they were able to see how many insects were there. Because it's wow. actually very hard to see with their mm -hmm. naked... Oh, my God. We're all flirting with their <laughs> naked eye. Also... Is there such a thing as a non-naked eye? Uh, these glasses, honey. Does that make them not naked? Or get a, little, a couple of binocs. naked eye. What Speaking a weird phrase. of binoculars, this is something that I thought was so cool. In uh, peak migration seasons, even nights uh, in New York, a lot of birders will go to the top of the Empire State Building uh, and they'll look up... What? Sorry. What? I am so off like... You said even nights, like nighttime. Evenings? I, oh, evenings, nights. I truly pictured a knight in shining armor. You're a like, K-night? Even, even nights go up and look in the sky. Oh, my God. <laughs> like modern day nights. Okay. <laughs> oh, my, that's so good. Like, so I'm walking with like, with, like, like chain so metal being like, my hair. Even nights. <laughs> Sorry, peak migrating nights. Like, okay. like peak evenings when, like, for example, now a lot of birds are flying south right. or in the spring when they're coming back. And they use binoculars and they look up because um, shorebirds are traveling at about 10,000, 12,000 feet above. Thousands of them are flying right now above us and we don't even realize. Getting the hell out of here. Exactly. <laughs> Songbirds are at about 2,000 feet. And just the way I was reading about it, it's like if you look up with binoculars, there's so many birds that your, mm. your eyes catching these faint, distant birds flying over these cities and i'm just like that is so really cool. cool like while we're sitting here on the ground like doofuses without wings just like going to bed there's yeah. there's thousands of these birds flying down to chill in mexico to yeah. chill in california like it's just i don't know it's just i love thinking about the insects and the birds above yeah, I think us we right have now. a weird relationship with the air because we live in it like I believe that we picture the ocean full of things. Gotcha. But I don't picture the air. I obviously know that birds and insects mm -hmm. are in the air, but it, to me, I picture it as more of an empty medium compared 
to the ocean in some ways. And so, yeah, it's really interesting to stop and be like, oh, no, there's so many other creatures currently just floating above us. And we can't really see them. There's there's clouds. They're so high up. They're so, like, magnificent and powerful that they're they're that, they're 10,000 feet above us, these herons flying. And it's just like, um, I just think That's... that feeling of being able to catch one through binoculars, like, gives me shivers. I'm like, um, that would be such a cool feeling. It's like whale watching. <laughs> but, like, we could technically do it right here. Last thing, the... um. Twin Tower Memorial where they shoot the um, lights up into the sky, they actually have found that they have to turn it off every once in a while because those lights distract people, sorry, distract the migrating birds and thousands of birds will start to tunnel down them towards the ground. So they have to shut them off so the birds can go like, whoa, oh my God, I was just like, distracted for a second and keep what? going yeah because they're so powerful there's that many birds <laughs> so powerful the lights the lights are that yeah powerful. it just like messes with them yeah and there's that many birds it's like what i mean Whoa. in the sky like if you leave them on all them. of a sudden and you can see them like apparently a lot of people were noticing that there were these like they thought that it was like the way that it was described it almost looks like paper or something has been caught in them but it was the oh, birds weird. yeah anyways i'm just like oh my gosh they're up there they're up there <sighs> well that's really interesting um my opinion, worst thing to fly in the air, spiders. How they like yeah. fly on their webs yeah. sometimes through the air and yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you see it and you're like, that yeah. is horrifying. Yeah. Get out of my way. You don't belong in the sky. <laughs> oh, I like I'm trying to be Buddha, so I'm one with nature, and I'm like, oh, I actually love that. I did see I actually love the spiders. A, a video of a spider drinking water the other day, and I actually for the first time thought, that is cute. Yes. Know what you just need. But then I went. Oh. No, I would kill it still. <laughs> okay, have you seen the amazing TikTok of the girl who's like, me and a butterfly. Okay, we need to put it on ASAP Science. She's like, me and a butterfly. And the butterfly's like going up her arm. <laughs> and then it cuts. It, it, it's an interesting looking butterfly. And then it cuts to a Wikipedia. And it's, a, it's, it's called like a tarantula eating wasp. <gasps> and there's all these photos of the thing that was just on her arm as this like dangerous thing that oh eats tarantulas. It's gosh. so funny. Cause the, <laughs> you know, the music like the wife, right, like, the wife, and she's like, Oh, look at this pretty butterfly. And then it's like, no, that actually eats tarantulas. I'm going to show you that. Yeah, That's I will. So it was great. Uh, check out ASAP science uh, everywhere to get that video. coming to you in a cineplex <laughs> near you at home. <sighs> study time. Study time. Study time. We're talking all about, plastic and take out and the band styrofoam polystyrene and okay let's be real we probably order more takeout now than ever in the past do you think that's we true? do we yeah. do we i think do. that's I think why we that, wanted to do this yeah we were thinking we've been thinking about it and every time we order we're aware and it's that balance of you know wanting to support local restaurants and also not wanting to go out to restaurants and also the convenience of it and just then seeing how much garbage collects and even when it's recyclable we were like collecting and keeping a lot of the containers but now our drawers just like full of containers and recycling is a bit of a line uh, yeah exactly. well, that's why you don't want to throw it out when you're like if this yeah. goes in the recycle bin if it's probably going in the garbage a reusable topperware we got them okay and our address is beep okay <laughs> but everyone's probably like i have them yeah no one needs them right now well this is interesting because yeah i think why we wanted to do this today is because it's an it's a really fascinating time to be alive i think for us we were prior to the pandemic and still are but things have obviously changed thinking about our plastic problem thinking about climate change is kind of all i thought day to day i was never ordering out i was doing all these different things to think about how to um educate people educate myself about climate change and then this public 
health crisis happens where everything's tunnel vision. Now all I'm thinking about is decreasing the spread of this virus, supporting businesses like restaurants with their takeout, which seems like the best way to sort of, you know, give money to a restaurant, get their service while not having to actually go inside, especially in a place like Canada as it gets colder. So it's been on our minds a lot as we look at the takeout that we've had. And so I think the study I really tried to focus on was like, how do you do it the best? But do you think like that as someone who's been getting more takeout, like, do you feel, I, I feel a lot of guilt. I, I've been tipping the restaurants a lot to try and be like, have, just take the money. <laughs> I, I think our brains work differently and I've had to just accept it to a degree, which I know is not the best position to have as somebody who wants to be even an activist in a, in a space like this. Like I want to, I do care about the environment. I want to be somebody who preaches it and acts it and tells other people about it. But the pandemic has been a very interesting time. And I think it, it goes to show that even outside of this pandemic, no issue is just like black or white because it's even like the idea of plastic in general, you know, should everyone not wear polyester and wear cotton? Okay. But we could talk about that. Cotton uses more water. Should we use plastic versus jars uh, like Mason jars that are made of glass? The question is, well, Mason jars weigh so much more. So there's like carbon offsets in different ways for different products. And I think it's not so simple. Mm -hmm. And this pandemic kind of reminds me of that, not just to do with environmentalism, but like we want to support restaurants. We want to do things that are keep us not mentally overwhelmed. It's hard to cook a meal like every single day when you're busy and trying to work and trying to keep up with things and you fall behind and your fridge is empty and we hardly ever have groceries. So we're just like, we're scared to go to the grocery store too often. So we're ordering out. Well, um, I don't, for me, it's less about that. It's more about trying to support restaurants. Like I think like We've been ordering our groceries. Like we've been but really, really. We are also so restaurants are indoor restaurants are now closed in Toronto where we live. But we never went to one inside the whole time they were open over the summer. Not because I would. Well, maybe because we are scared. We wanted to be. It was wait. That's the reason I never. Yeah, went. sorry. Because we were scared. Okay. Slash because we were. I'm. Where was I going with this? I just sort of meant like. We're not just doing it to support restaurants. Like we weren't going into restaurants because of the virus, because it's changed the way that we behave. Oh, my God, this is so funny because we've never really talked about our like. Pirate. Yeah, we. It is weird. Yeah, like we've... I, I have increased my consumption of, I think, food from restaurants actively, in a way where I think, okay, I'm trying to give my money to restaurants because I'm worried about restaurants right now. Like that, like I do it, like it's almost like it's right, a especially weird... ones that are nearby that we want to support. Yeah, like in exactly, our, a literal neighborhood. Exactly, and it's like this weird sort of like I go, okay, good, like like um, this is the right thing to do, and then all of a sudden it shows up and it's in plastic or in the different aluminum, plastic, styrofoam, and then I go, oh god, you know what I mean? Like there's this whole other part of it, and then it's like, okay, so now I'm actually gonna like definitely at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh, I'm so into buying groceries and cooking and doing all these things and like decreasing the, the, the use of plastic there. Then all of a sudden I start to read about restaurants, feel so guilty, drop it and start or, like, it's to me, it's like always been about that balance of like, yeah. I don't want these restaurants to go out of business. I don't want to go into them. I also am weirdly like not that even good at going to patios. Cause I'm a little bit just scared still scared or just, yeah, just trepidatious. Just thinking, why do it if you could just have yeah. it at home? Yeah. I would not to contradict what you said at all, but I do think that even outside the pandemic, we would eat out a lot, but we would intentionally go 
to, to sit somewhere yeah. because we would rather we i think we were conscious enough in the past couple of years or even just year of being like we don't want to waste you were even really good at bringing your own tupperware for takeout like sorry not for takeout but to go to a restaurant if there are leftovers just having our own tupperware yeah but that's so, what i mean i can't do those things anymore. i know yeah it's difficult well i guess uh, do you want me to go into my study my my study today is just kind of general stats about about the state of the world right now. Yeah, do and it because then pandemic. I can end with what some fascinating ways to look at the types of takeout containers and what I, it completely blew my mind as to what actually was worse and better for the environment. Okay. It was wild, wild, wild. Okay, well, okay, broad general stat. Maybe everyone's heard this, but 80% of plastic ever produced is currently in landfills or oceans or somewhere because most of it just doesn't break down, doesn't get recycled. So it's just important to know that this plastic, especially single-use plastic, is literally just garbage. But talking there's about a bit of a like when you learn about where the whole idea of recycling came from, mm -hmm. a lot of it was oil industries trying to trick us a little bit into thinking that recycling existed and was a, a viable option for them mm -hmm. to continue to extract fossil fuels which is where uh -huh. this plastic comes from so i think yeah, that there's, I a, a, there's a there's a there's a trend with yeah. also companies shifting the responsibility to consumers that we can talk about yeah during here as well i'll get to at the end of sort yeah. of my stats so let's talk about the pandemic so before the pandemic national Ge geographic had estimated that 36 billion disposable utensils are used a year in the u.s alone oh god that just kept going a year in the u.s i'm like alone. that's so much right. like oh, and that's okay. before the pandemic and so now we don't have specific stats on takeout but we can kind of extrapolate from a few of these stats that i'm going to say so um digital orders are estimated to have gone up 127 percent in the second quarter of 2020 that was a stat wow. that came out grubhub says they have sold 35 percent more meals this yes. year i mean just think about us just think about us yeah it makes sense and yeah. it, it's like not unreasonable it's not to shame anyone it's just the world has changed we're all at home and of course these services are making so much more money because i'm like oh it's friday i get to order a meal. Um, <laughs> like honestly that has become that's a bit all, of a ritual that's all the happiness i, have I think in the in normal the world though we would also be like it's friday we're gonna get to go out for dinner with our friends exactly or, but there's no plastic involved in us going yeah. out for dinner and eating a meal somewhere so or, there, or not as much 78 percent uh sorry restaurants account for 78 percent of disposable packaging which okay. is wild um okay. which i can imagine is only become much more more extreme oh now that God. people are using restaurants in that way more and more so that would have been takeout in general or people getting their food to go after they haven't finished yeah, it exactly. things like that okay. think about like most of disposable packaging like it makes sense that yeah. restaurants have such a high turnover because you could go to a grocery store yes you're getting bags but it's like not you're putting so much into one bag like i can imagine but you're still getting there's still a lot of plastic at a grocery store like in the food That's that true. we're buying you're right you're but, right but i guess compared to the amount of plastic use because those restaurants I don't and know. the turnover of think of how many people order and how many plastic utensils plastic packages when you go to the grocery store you buy a giant thing of ketchup when you go to a restaurant you get five or six or ten packages of ketchup yeah. that are just literally packaging that gets thrown out also those restaurants to make food for you are still buying things from grocery stores or wholesale places where they're packaged in plastic mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's not like they're the food that you're getting isn't made with plastic either yeah. as well uh Wow. And uh, one other thing that they found is, sadly, but this also makes sense in, in our case as sadly. well, uh, concern for the environment has dropped since the pandemic. Most yeah. people still say they care, but they 
care less because health is their number one priority and being able to function properly by not having to stress over the environment. I think we've been aware of that. We've been trying to transition even a lot of our content on YouTube to talk about that, but we've had to hold back in some ways knowing that especially at the beginning of the pandemic, it was just so overwhelming for people. Well, it's like intellectual capacities. It's so hard. It's why it's so exhausting that like the political state and all these things are so negative because it's like that's actually like intellectual brain power that's being sucked from us to go to these like stupid people. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's hard because it's like we have so many other things to worry about and to wrap our heads around in order to, you know, thrive in the future. So I think it doesn't, it's like, we. there's only, there's truly only so much we can take. And so I do really feel bad that that stat or you saying that is like, it's just, but I it totally makes sense. I think as we life. come out of this, people, I think in general have become more and more environmentally conscious. And I, hopefully this is just a blip while people are, you know, having to sort of hibernate inside and not be doing things in yeah. public. Oh my god, much. I'm literally just like grabbing my face like a horror movie right now this whole time. Like, oh god. <laughs> I, I'm gonna stop my little section there. I have some more stuff around solutions or potential proposed things that maybe we can kind of talk about at the end. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah but, I love that. And then we can talk about like our thoughts. But <laughs> I, I did want to bring up the fact that, you know, you mentioned how oil companies even on a budget. Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have for a long time tried to put the responsibility or kind of create the narrative around recyclables. It reminded me of cigarette companies who have often tried to put the waste problem onto consumers as opposed to dealing with it themselves because it would cost them so much money. A similar thing has happened with packaging. So, a lot of companies, it's funny, there's one campaign called Keep America Beautiful, which was actually created by Coca Cola and Pepsi, and it's all about promoting. Well, the the interpretation from this article I read was like it causes eco-anxiety. It makes people think that it's their fault and they need to minimize their waste. They need to minimize their consumption. Uh-huh. And really, we should be focusing at some some level on these large companies and what they can do with their billions of dollars to minimize. Like think of Coca-Cola, constant wrapping of like not just drinks, but candies and all these sorts of things. So uh, Ultimately, it was like there is strategic forces coming from these massive corporations to minimize the responsibility that they carry. In and this it really is. I know everyone's like, OK, here goes maybe both of us, but especially Greg going off about capitalism. But like <laughs> it really is. Capitalism is about efficiency. It's about making the most money with the least amount of spending. And that is one thing that plastic has done since its invention in the early 1900s. It was always invented about convenience and about it's a cheap way to make something that is sterile and a very efficient material. And I always say what Rachel 
always said to me, which was like, plastic is an amazing substance. Yeah, it, it in, in and of itself, it's not somehow evil or bad. It's actually beautiful and so cool and creative. And exactly, and it's very hygienic. It's important for hospitals. It was designed at a time when, like, it was like after the war, even during the war, it was really important, you know, to like package things and to have like convenience keeping things fresh keeping things good to eat longer exactly and we've just overused it like it is everywhere it is unnecessary it's gotten to a point where it's just become so convenient and then from a capitalism perspective and these companies it's like if they want to make more money plastic's always going to swoop in there to be the cheapest best option at the sacrifice of our planet so the study that i looked at was actually taking three separate takeout materials and trying to decipher based on the process of extracting the materials, the transportation of those materials, the use, and then actually how they get recycled to figure out which type of takeout is the best or worst for the environment. Made based on the actual physicalness of those materials. Yes. Okay. And not, not to do anything with the food. Not to do anything with food. Yeah, that's so true. That's true. Like one could be full of beef. (laughs) One could be full of some lentils. And you know, there's going to be one that's (laughs) running around. But there's a really interesting caveat to this, which is that this study is from Europe and in Europe. So we're going to be learning right now about Europe and they incinerate their waste for energy. So that's like really important. We are currently in Canada where we only incinerate 3% of our waste for energy. Whereas in Sweden, 100% of their waste is incinerated for really? energy. In fact, they import what? waste from other people burn to it? burn for to energy. It. What? Yes, because they need... They Why need, don't we do that? I know. I mean, I'm sure there's other or, like reasons. We have tons of hydro. Ontario is very green with like we... It's just like, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. So they use facilities to capture the energy released from burned garbage. Burned garbage, plastic, food waste. Yeah. I wonder how much is because we live in such a vast country where they're a much more concentrated country that they could like actually, I don't know. It's a very high tech. Could have a garbage facility that gives power, but I'm so curious. Uh, Imagine politicians being like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like I'm assuming they know about this, but I think that also people pay a lot of high tax in Sweden. So this is a very expensive technology that I'm sure it's like the base of making a new facility to do something. This would cost a lot of money up front. That's like one thing I'm just thinking is like they have money. They're affluent countries. They have money and ways to build this infrastructure. But Canada is an affluent country. Yeah, you're right. The spread out thing is interesting, but, but also there are other countries that do this with less new facilities where it's actually kind of bad for the environment. Okay. So like, anyways, we're in right. Europe. Okay. So you're eating your baguette, you know, you just rolled it down the street. <laughs> Here with a bit we of red are wine. again with a British accent and a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> That's a circular economy, honey. <laughs> so, okay. Aluminum, um, takeout what you are going to picture is that aluminum uh, they actually have photos of uh, i believe one. in europe they say aluminum 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 and they say polystyrene and the urinal the urinal could <laughs> <laughs> get in the queue i was in britain once and a person was like are you in the queue and i was like you're not speaking english are you in the queue and i was like i don't know and eventually and I Greg I told me the story and i was like we use that word here no people don't. say queue to get into games you're either getting the line <laughs> i was like standing at a <laughs> little in the the intermission of a musical and this man and the cat like picture this and you don't know what i mean I'm the K. I'm like, uh, sorry, sir. Um, I do- I'm in the K. I'm like, sir, I don't know what you're saying. English. <laughs> so 
aluminium. Uh, it's the aluminum aluminum bottoms with those cardboard tops that actually have polyethylene in them. And I th- I can picture them because when we order takeout, we get them sometimes. Aluminum bottoms. Aluminum bottoms, like takeout al- containers. Yeah, they. It's like when we got the like oh, tiramisu. Yes, okay. I don't know why that was so hard for me to picture. I was like, there is no such thing as an aluminum bottom takeout. Gotcha. They are quite hard. And they have the the, the cardboard on top, and then they. They fold the aluminum over on the corners right. and then it like covers right. like it. Like often Chinese food comes in that as well. Yes. Okay. okay. So that's one. The other is called extruded polystyrene, which you can picture as styrofoam. So like when right. you order in and there's like that styrofoamy vibe. Those little two flips that you Yeah. Lo- like, and then I actually cringy, teak. cringy, cringy because I hate the touch of styrofoam. Yeah. Greg really can't touch styrofoam and I have to always like anytime we buy something that's packed with styrofoam, he's like, oh man. I'm allergic to packaging. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then polypropylene, which is the plastic ones that you get where we would wash and keep and be like we're gonna keep that this. are quote-unquote recyclable quote-unquote recyclable and they're they're that plastic feel black like the ones we get are like the black plastic bottoms with the clear tops yeah which is like so bad but okay anyways i guess there's also white ones i think and maybe i don't know yeah and we get clear ones all the time too and it's so annoying because the, the tops never fit the bottoms and it's like uh, yes there's lots of tops and bottoms in this gay <laughs> equation so it looked in the raw materials, the production, so the rolling of the aluminum, the processing of it, the use, so the actual how much it takes to wash it, for example. Like when you wash um, something in styrofoam, it comes out quite easily. Whereas if you wash aluminum, a lot more water is used, like interesting okay. things like that. Right. The end of life, um, where it's going to end up being recycled, and then also the transport of everything. Okay. So the first thing to, to realize is that aluminum and the aluminum that we are using is made in China. Okay. So the raw materials are processed and made in China and then shipped to Europe or shipped to Canada or shipped to America. All right. Whereas styrofoam is made in Europe and styrofoam is made in North America. It's not actually being shipped from China. Interesting. So even like if you're in Canada, presumably most of our styrofoam is coming from Canada. Yeah. So for example, if we use this study, polystyrene is made in Europe. It's made in the Netherlands predominantly and sent throughout Europe. So okay. already there's like this interesting part of the process where the styrofoam cut out, yeah. is cutting out a lot of this Minimizing transport. Minimizing transport. Okay. Okay. And then also um, polypropylene, which is that plastic vibey one, not mm-hmm. the styrofoam one. That is um, the materials are actually extracted in Southeast Asia, processed in China, and then sent to Europe. Wow. So there you okay. go. There's another whole added process to this thing. And okay. you're like, oh, my God. So like, it's like styrofoam All of a sudden, styrofoam right is coming from the Netherlands. <laughs> Which is the one that my gut would have been thinking <laughs> is body. easily the worst yeah. one for some reason. Okay. Yeah, okay. So here we go. We're going to keep going on this trend. It blew okay. my mind. Uh-oh. So aluminum, I'm going to go in order, but aluminum is made in China. It's predominantly made of 32% recycled aluminum. So Okay. So there is recycled contents in there. 68% of it is virgin metal. Like oh, a virgin. I was going to say oh. also one really cool thing I've seen people do. You can take aluminum cans and literally melt them yourself and remake like uh, an aluminum brick if you wanted to. Like Whoa. it's fairly easy to melt aluminum. Is that like can. bad for the fumes? Huh? I couldn't tell you. Maybe <laughs> a disclaimer. I do not know, but I, I guess it sure makes sense that aluminum is probably highly recyclable compared yes. to other materials. So uh, the, after you use this aluminum takeout, fifty-four percent will be recycled. Wow. Okay. In in Europe, where they have great recycling facilities, okay. that's why I want to just be like, guys, <laughs> this is Europe. May not be the same here. Okay. Uh, and forty-six percent of the aluminum will be landfilled. Okay, okay. So that's still not great. The top of this takeout. 
eh, 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 full landfill because the cellulose fiber of the cardboard is too intertwined with the polyethylene coating that you can't separate them. And so it will be just thrown in the garbage. 100% thrown in landfill if you live in a place where they do landfill. But in Europe, 54% of it will be uh, incinerated. 46% of it will be landfilled because they try and separate it. And then um, polystyrene, 50% of the um, styrofoam that you get in Europe will be incinerated, and then 50% will be landfilled. But this is because in places like Sweden and Austria, they're doing this for all of the EU. Sweden and Austria, 100% is going to a landfill. I mean, sorry, 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 to be incinerated. (laughs) Austria does it too. Whereas Greece, Croatia, and Cyprus, 100% of that styrofoam going to the landfill. Okay. So that 50-50 isn't, it's not like they're cutting it in half. I mean, like we're burning. different countries just probably have entire systems. There are these countries in Europe that are burning all of their styrofoam in order to give energy. I don't know, like, I've heard about about it. but I read it on ASAP Science. Yeah. Should we just burn all our trash? <laughs> oh, whoops. I guess yeah. I didn't, wasn't really part of that one. But, so what's the answer? Like, is it good? It's good bad? if you have... It's very it's expensive costly. facilities. It's costly. It's, they have to be maintained really well. Because you don't not, actually want it just going out into no. the air. Obviously. And if it's not regulated properly, it can be really damaging to health. And the okay. thing is, a lot of people burn their garbage across the world open right burn it in open and it's very very bad for the atmosphere okay. for people's lungs so it's like you can't just say it's like many things in this world we're go let's just do it like sweden well there's lots of reasons why right. we can't do it like sweden the small populations tons of tax lots of money but it's a great place to look at sweden and austria when it comes to recycling and incinerating okay. for energy okay. so this styrofoam also is like Essentially, because it's so lightweight, it is way worse for the environment in many ways when it comes to transport. And if you're incinerating it, it ends up being the best type of Wait, takeout container. Wait, you just said it's way worse for the environment because it's light? Sorry, sorry. I meant to say the opposite. It's the best. Uh, it's the best. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I've like, been trying to like bury the lead, but we're onto it now. I'm like, it's it's truly... Styrofoam. Styrofoam is the best takeout oh, container no. in Europe for the environment. In Europe. Yes. In Europe, that is and entirely shocking. Isn't that so opposite? Where and then because I'm like, this is clearly garbage. It's literally garbage. <laughs> Whenever I see styrofoam, I'm always like, oh, it's gonna be in the ground forever. Or like that's in what the ocean. Tells me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actually, okay. I'm gonna get down to the bottom of this because this is this is wild. So they go through each different factor of. It's a fascinating graph. They go through each different sort of like factor. For example, like ozone layer depletion okay. or like fossil fuel usage. Okay. So non-renewable energy resources for the raw material. Aluminum is so much higher for the raw materials to make that aluminum in the first place than styrofoam. So it's like, what the hell is styrofoam? Okay, so styrofoam, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, polystyrene. I'm like, is it? I don't know. Remember, I feel so Rachel right taught now. us this. is polystyrene. So styrene is, it plastic? is, is the plastic? Yeah, is the monomer. And then poly is that when you put a bunch of monomers together, you get a polymer. Why is it so fluffy like a marshmallow? Because they, they actually like, sh- they shoot it with air and they like turn it into this like fluffy <laughs> oh substance. Okay. So there's actually less of it used. And th- the point is that the raw materials needed to make that are, they're, A, they're doing it in the Netherlands. And the manufacturing of the raw materials in China for aluminum is like, it's like, this is the graph here. So this is the raw materials. The blue is from um, aluminum. And then this middle one is the styrofoam. It's like negligible. You can really see it. Isn't that wild? So 
Aluminum is the worst. In this moment, I'm just like, styrofoam is cool, regardless. Of <laughs> no, it, no, that's so weird. Regardless of, I if I even if I didn't know that as a material, whoever invented it must have been like, this is cool. Like the way yeah. it breaks, yeah. you can like punch it, and it's like <laughs> makes such a good noise and so satisfying. All different like thicknesses too. He's that like, science not, here to tell you how epic styrofoam. No, is. well, it but seems seriously. like such a cool material. Not only can you get like these packing peanuts, you can get like big walls of styrofoam. You can make like bricks out of them. Not not actual bricks. I just mean like the different shapes and thicknesses i'm just like and textures cool styrofoam's cool so fossil <laughs> no i know it's so take. funny so and fossil fuels needed uh the um plastic sort of container one takeout that's the most fossil fuels are needed for that because it's actually what's making the plastic then styrofoam then aluminum so when we're actually talking about fossil fuel release aluminum then starts to come in at the top Okay. Acidification of water the and top streams. As in being the best. The best. Okay. The least amount of fossil fuels used, <laughs> even when you include the transport from China. Okay. Because the plastic and these plastic containers, there's Are a lot of fossil They're made out of crude oil. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, acidification of streams. Um, we have plastic worse than aluminum, then styrofoam's at the bottom of that. The increase of nitrogen and phosphorus in nature, which is like a big issue that we have. Um, it it again styrofoam is the least for that global okay, warming pretension styrofoam's the okay, least for that it's, so I many go metrics. through them all yeah so do we is this is the consensus sort of on average the overall better material is styrofoam so the better the best material for, for takeout in Europe is styrofoam because they're incinerating their waste for energy and I think that's the main takeaway for us in Canada is like. What you said. Do why don't petition? we have that? I'm like, why don't we have... Maybe the- someone knows. Like, no. is there... I mean, like, I actually want someone to tell me. Exactly. Like, we live in Toronto, which is a huge and city. And are we missing something? Is there some reason that scientists might be like, you know what? It's fine there. They have the facilities, but it's not worth doing for X, Y, Z Please reach out to us and let us know we why you think Canada doesn't have... Let's just even say Toronto. The GTA doesn't have a facility for burning our trash for energy because that is what completely makes this whole styrofoam aspect of the it of, must just be cost it must just cost more than it technically generates and so they must just be choosing yeah net that, negative that it is they've invested the resources to do it because they'd rather get rid of their garbage well there you go capitalism knows? it's like we maybe have to pay know. money i don't know and also the one thing i would also say is that uk was included in europe for this but they they have like the worst for for burning their garbage like, like they're all of the like <laughs> yeah. like they're <laughs> really struggling they're similar to canada probably and how much they actually burn anyways okay. I, I thought wanna, that was wild that's really interesting never would have guessed it to wrap this up though let's talk let's just talk about what are what's the future look like what are some potential solutions i just want to throw out there we're gonna we're actually making a video right now around not only like biodegradable edible plastics the future of packaging and we're experimenting with that on yeah our true own. it's like instead of me being like oh capitalism is bad it's like what is a solution okay <laughs> true true that is you in a nutshell that's a, so many people in a nutshell okay i know capitalism is bad but now what's the solution ca- uh just call me a couple weeks with a solution okay. i didn't i didn't i know i said earlier i'd have some i don't really have that i mean they were just like simple ones for now especially in this pandemic buying like, less you know yeah if you can buy less obviously reusing things is always better if you're on one of these apps in terms of like buying takeout it's like a lot of them have the option now to stop including extra utensils and napkins if you don't need those things um yeah i think that oh one thing capitalism speaking of research has shown that customers are way more likely to change their behavior to avoid added costs than in response to a discount or some kind of loyalty incentive program Okay, so what's that mean? Like in simpler terms. 
Well, uh, straight up, someone's more likely to change their behavior if it's cheaper. Okay. So there are so one interesting solution because I was I was wondering myself like there should be a program integrated another company that Uber Eats can maybe buy out or one a Grubhub or someone can work with that uses reusable containers that are recyclable or washable that they take you can submit somewhere and then they go wash them and they supply the restaurants with them hmm. and then i looked that up and there are uh, small startup companies that do that in in like san francisco there's like one company that supplies a thousand restaurants with uh takeout containers those takeout containers get uh, returned by the consumers and then they fill that cycle yeah so that's really cool yeah. and i think people probably pay a little bit more the restaurants probably factor it into their food costs when you take out but i think that to me i was like i'm surprised there isn't more of that i've seen one example of that near us pre-pandemic of reusable cups at a coffee place you subscribe to this program and you basically then can get a cup whenever you go there that is not plastic and it then gets i don't exactly know how it works because obviously i didn't sign up uh, oops uh, <laughs> didn't work for me uh which is actually kind of what this is saying like overly complex like loyalty programs and joining these are not as effective as just saying like this costs less and it's so bad it's really just like a struggle of what we brought up at the beginning with the pandemic now and hygiene and mm -hmm. people unsure about surfaces like it really like it makes it a lot harder for these types yeah. of and, things and a lot of restaurants in places are trying to put extra measures in place to prove to you that they are hygienic and so yeah. extra wrapping extra yeah. sanitation and stuff yeah. shows that they care or that they're aware of it and so well after obviously. we get pricked with the vaccine yep yeah, one thing i love to do was just you <sighs> just keep tupperware in your backpacks at all times one thing that was really helpful for me is like you don't don't expect yourself to remember when you're going out the door to the dinner you always like before bed or whenever you have a backpack just remember oh there's tupperware in my full tupperware cupboard throw that into all the bags that you own because you're going to be happy one day when you're at a restaurant you're like oh yeah there's randomly tupperware in my bag mm -hmm. now i can take this from the restaurant put it in they don't have to waste it mm -hmm. obviously renewable um like water bottles and mugs like just don't buy water bottles keep them with you at all times that you can fill them up with your at a restaurant or anywhere like that mm -hmm. those ones are very simple but let's be real bags. there needs to be a solution that also holds accountable large companies right and like that it's only fair it can't come down to the consumer to make yeah. these million we're making millions of not millions of choices a day but tens of choices when it comes to consuming mm -hmm. every week every day that those choices need to be made earlier than the consumer us leaving our light on for five more minutes or off is a good thing if you can have your lights off, but it's not saving the world. And it's like these large companies yeah. that are really incentivizing us to have this unhealthy behavior G to begin with. It's like GTA needs an incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, yeah, shopping secondhand. Cause like a lot of, um, the, microplastics in the ocean that people worry about have to do with synthetic fibers and clothing. So mm -hmm. that's like an easy way to... Yeah, got to start a movement. I know lots of people drop, uh, shop secondhand. And, it's so... It's but it's so like, how do, do you make it even more mainstream to know this is cool? How do... And I know there are companies popping up in terms of vintage clothing online and, and knowing that clothes aren't just going to landfills as well because that's even sad. I do think that there's something, maybe it's just me... And sort of the people I look at online and think are cool, but there really is, I think, a movement of that. The people who I see There's in sort Toronto of who look the coolest, in my opinion, are the type of people who I'm like, I think they're shopping secondhand. Yeah, you know and what they I probably mean? Like, are. And we also live in a part of this city that is like so many secondhand stores. Yeah, but I would say that is true. But also, popular big chain companies knock off that look. So some people are buying clothes that have the vintage look, but they're brand new. 
right? So it's yeah, also it's not it's like not uh, aestheticizing it. It's actually making it cool to buy secondhand. Well, because I'll... the same thing. Sorry, the same thing has happened with uh, minimalism and with yeah, like no true. waste movements. It's become such an aesthetic as opposed to actually. Um, what it means to be a minimalist that some people who are doing it are missing the point because it just looks cool because it's modern. Yeah. That's, that is so interesting. Like the minimalist vibe. That's so Yeah. True. And some people do it for great reasons. And then some people just do it cause it looks nice and yeah. they might be wasting more. They might, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just cause you live in an environment that's aesthetically pleasing doesn't mean that it's helping. Shopping at um, farmer's markets is also really smart cause there's less packaging inevitably there than when you go to grocery stores. Also you're shopping local, but also the way that they actually give you your vegetables, they can just pour them into your bags and things like that. The other thing like I was saying is I wanted to just say was that I made the vow to shop secondhand, like starting at the beginning of this year. And I went, we did a photo shoot for this thing and I brought my clothes and they were all secondhand. There was a hired stylist there and they were like, where the heck did you like, they were literally like, what? no, but they were like, where did you get this? And I was like, like every single thing I was like, I got it from a random secondhand store. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like and they were like blown away. They're like, is this Versace? And I was like, no, it's oh like, I don't know. My God, they right. said it. Bobby Bowen. I'll oh drop his name. Bobby Bowen was God. like, is this Versace? And I was like, no, it's actually $4. Cause the, the hardest part about secondhand shopping <laughs> is finding the things. Like you have a good eye and you've been recently looking for, sciencey kind of inspired things that I think it makes it easier but there are times yeah. I'm not a very good shopper to go into sometimes a vintage store where there's just thousands of things I get overwhelmed for sure so yeah I just had to drop that uh, designer yeah. thought that I could taste uh. anyway I think that that kind of concludes our conversation it's a tough conversation clearly I think yeah and very it's hard. definitely a conversation that's going to be had for the next few decades even yes. uh, I think it's also why these elections matter so much because one person in this American election believes in climate change and environmentalism even if it's not the ideal candidate that a lot of us hoped for from a while ago it's like we're scraping this, the barrel the here people is stark yes. and it will have a large impact on the next 20 years because this is going to be a slow evolution of changing behaviors of consumers and corporations. And Joe Biden's climate plan is quite amazing because of activists in the climate movement pushing him. Mm -hmm. It really is quite good. What are you saying he's going to do? <sighs> well, thank okay. you all for listening. Hashtag side note podcast. If you want to let us know what you think, please. We know, I know that there are opinions on this. Yeah. And, uh, right. If you've made it this far, right. And like the podcast, if you haven't heard our spiel at the beginning, otherwise we will see you or you'll hear us uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.